You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you you maybe already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast. Today's episode has been brought to you by No Foods. K-N-O-W-Foods.com No Foods' prime directive is to create nutritionally superior, great-tasting alternatives to traditional bread and other baked goods with a strong mission to benefit the lives of those with chronic illnesses and diseases such as type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. No Foods' products are natural, non-GMO, clean and delicious, made with superfoods like almonds, coconut, egg whites, chia, and flaxseed, free of grain, free of wheat, free of gluten, free of dairy, soy, peanut, yeast, starch, and preservatives, high protein and fiber, low carbs, net carbs, sodium, calories, and sugar, near zero glycemic index. If you go to the No Food site, once again, it's knowfoods.com. Here is the discount code, capital M, capital E, capital G, capital N, capital A, 10. That's all caps, MAGNA10. Type in that code and you will get a discount, 10% off on all your purchases. Listen, these products are amazing. They taste great. I, I love them. Um, we stock our facility with them. The members love them. Our trainers love them. Uh, my personal favorite are the waffles. Uh, give them a shot. They are incredible, and uh, you will have an amazing either snack or meal or something that you absolutely love uh, that's going to benefit your body and not put you in a uh, negative situation in regards to your nutrition and health. So give them a shot, nofoods.com. Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down with Mr. Andy Shiraki. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) We were discussing the pronunciation, and uh, I'm very proud to say I did it the first go-round. There you go, man. There you go. High five, high five. Andy is a world-class fitness professional, strength coach, performance coach, trainer, all of the above, and I actually have known him for years uh, a great person, a uh, big heart, hard worker, and we're going to get his take on all things fitness today. So welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you, Mark. I'm very humbled to uh, be here. Dude, so excited to have you on the show, and uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to getting uh, into uh, all things fitness with you today. So right off the bat, Andy, why don't you tell us about your start in uh, training and fitness? Tell us where you went to school, and, and tell us how you got your start in fitness. Sure. Um don't really have a like a fat to fit story which is really like creative and great for media everything like that I have kind of the um, the stick to fit story uh, kind of going back got my start when I was in high school and I was trying to play football and uh, I was like 115 pounds and guy uh, took me under his wing and said listen you need to get in the weight room and we had a world-class weight room in high school very blessed we had our football coach came from the strength and conditioning world and when they hired him as head coach moved his entire gym into our high school we were the only ones that had it It was very very good Uh, it was great to have that uh, facility there so 
right off the bat, I started working out just to maintain size and put on some weight and try to compete to play uh, football better. And fell in love with that process, fell in love with training, trying to get, and this is 1998 when the internet's kind of just, I'm just learning like AOL. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was, a, I went online, it was AST Sports Science, and they had this Max OT training manual. I, my dad got mad at me because I went through two ink cartridges and like two stacks of paper printing this thing out. <laughs> and I'm the only one in the, in the gym with this big manual. I was like, what's he doing? They're all looking over there while I'm doing my sets. And from that start, I was kind of like, if I look back now, that's I think where the, the seed was planted that I really dig this. I really dig learning more, researching all I can about training. And um, so went through that. And then uh, your passion becomes, uh, I guess, your major, if you can choose it like that, uh, to go to college. So I went to Bowling Green. Uh, to pursue kinesiology, which is a fancy term that we like to throw around for exercise science, but kinesiology always sounds better. Um, went there with a preferred walk-on uh, to Bowling Green. Urban Meyer was the head coach there. That uh, that whole plan did not pan out as I would have liked it to, but to each their own journey, you know, I think it, it forced me into the place I wanted to be today. Um, from there, I uh, took an internship down in Boca Raton, Florida, which is about 45 minutes north of where we're at right now in beautiful Miami Beach. And uh, my internship was at the Institute of Human Performance with uh, Juan Carlos Santana, who, a little snippet on him, I have to thank for bringing me down here and getting me into the industry and everything like that. Um, From meeting him, he was one of the most dynamic game changers in strength and conditioning as far as I'm controlled. You can take him anywhere and he will not baffle you with BS, he will impress you with common sense of how to train, why to train, why this, not that. I think he is the, and I'm gonna spend a lot of time talking about him because he, he's the reason I came down here in the, in the first place, taking us out of the archaic squat and bench press and showing us how we can produce athletes better using performance style training, functional training, functional movements. And not to say that those aren't staple exercises and they're great, but he really changed the game as far as how we train athletes today functionally with their movements. So, Came down, did an internship. Um, my internship was an incredible experience. That he still refers to it, if you ever hear him talk, is uh, the internship with Jeff Munson. I took Jeff Munson through his, through his uh, UFC 65 training. Jeff Munson, start a, a warrior, huh? Oh my God, you're looking at a specimen of a human being. Right. And you know, the first time out there, like the first time you meet him, you're just kind of like, whoa, like face to face, he's got the cauliflower ear, his tattoos everywhere, and he's just single digit body fat shredded at about 220 pounds. And so at first we're going through hypertrophy strength, and then we're getting him close to his fight, where we're doing five minute nonstop rounds, and he was fighting Tim Sylvia, which has a reach about a foot on him. He's like 6'9", isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Huge. So if they paired, it was a mismatch, they paired, a great boxer stand-up guy with a grappler so the grappler didn't want to go in on the boxer because he's going to get hit and the boxer knows if i go close to him he's going to take me down the fight's going to be over right so we had uh, we couldn't really train him any other way than we bought a ufc or sorry a pfc pipe pvc pipe from home depot we put a boxing glove on the end of it and there's pictures of me holding that on my shoulder and him ducking under it and coming up and then slugging me in a mitt that I had on my hand. <laughs> I mean, this was Home Depot style training for this UFC fighter. And I remember the first time he uh, he came he came at me, I wasn't ready for that hit. Boom, I hit myself in my own head with his glove and it was just like, he's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, keep going. And like, then the next- How old are you? Right now? No, when, when you- When I was doing that, Man, 2006, I can't even do math right now in my head. 20, 
22, 23 years old. That's a heck of an yeah. experience for a 22 yeah. year old, right? Yeah. Wow. And we're going through this dirty boxing and I didn't know to keep my head up as he's punching me in the stomach with this pad on, put my head down. Then he lifts his head up, sends my lip through my tooth and it's just like blood coming out. And he's like, oh, he was so nice. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, you got two minutes left in this round. Keep going. So I'm <laughs> swallowing the blood, everything. Ended up, he ended up losing the fight. It went all five rounds. Like I said, they danced around each other, but that was my, <laughs> we're just getting into this. That was my internship in 2006 Wow. at um, IHP. So from there, I went home and graduated at Bowling Green. I was a super senior, so four and a half years. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys know anything about Ohio. Well, you're from up north, and uh, yeah, you've been around that weather before. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very There's cool. six foot snow banks in Ohio at this time of year, and it's just freezing cold. And I just came off six months in paradise, and I get a call from JC, and he goes, Hey, how was graduation? And I'm like, You know what's good? It's graduation. He goes, um, Do you have a plan right now? And I said, not really. My parents are all in the kitchen. I think I'm still on a corded phone at this point, right. so I can't really leave the room. Right, yeah. And he goes, well, we want you to take over all um, high school collegiate sports and a few professionals for us if you want to come back down. And I'm like, I looked around the room like, Mom, Dad, uh, they want me back down in Florida. And they, and they go, go. I'm like, sweet, guys, thanks. So we, I came back down, and I ran uh, a lot of FAU, Florida Atlantic University Athletics, um, trained a bunch of MLB and NFL guys, and then at some point, I didn't want to. I didn't want to personal train anymore. I wanted to explore something else. I wanted to explore group fitness, and I was not group fitness like rah 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 aerobics, but I noticed a dynamic change with with CrossFit growing up. And to to give CrossFit a compliment, they have brought a lot of attention to the fitness industry. Like a lot of people didn't even know what these exercises were, what lifting weights were, and if for a compliment to them, they've actually at least gained, we've gained a lot of awareness because of them. I might not, yeah. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. I mean, we just, have a community in oh, fitness now because of them. Awesome, so to awesome. them, big, big point. I don't agree with 365 power phase, but that's another story. Then I looked around at what else is there in group? There's, uh, there's uh, treadmill training where it's half the room's treadmills, half the room's other things, and I'm like, you know what? It's not personal enough. You're not gonna look good, feel good, move good just by being a hamster on a wheel all day. And plus you're paying somebody to throw you on a wheel, kind of speak. So I'm like, what else can I do? Was training at a, I left IHP, uh, was training in a studio, met some guys. We had this great idea of, we looked around the industry, said we didn't wanna do this, didn't wanna do that. Said nobody's doing strength training. Nobody's doing bodybuilding in a group setting. I'm not saying with barbells, things like that are unsafe, but we can do it with dumbbells. We can do it like this and we can make it a safe, fun experience and mix it with functional performance athletic training. So I started that business in 2012 with the guys and it was it was fun. I knew from the get-go that it wasn't probably gonna be the end all be all. Like I wanted to grow it more than that location. This step in your process and your yeah. path. Yeah. Right? Great learning experience. Mm -hmm. And from the get-go we did, and I didn't have definitely didn't have the money or financial means to do anything on my own at that point. So it was like, we came together, we pooled our resources, um, put all of our eggs in one basket and we ran with it. And it turned out to be a success. We successfully proved that people will lift weights again. People, if they're coached properly, will be comfortable. Girls, say females especially, have come a long way since being scared of lifting weights to now lifting and realizing they're not gonna become Helga the warrior princess right. overnight. So that business um, took off, it was great. 
always wanted to change the game though. I had this big dream. You know, some guy gave me a shirt one day. It says, dream big, never quit. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them, but great shirt. By <laughs> it's a the great way. shirt. I pick one up. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this big dream of just wanting to compete with those big horses in the race. And we had this business for about five years and it, we just couldn't get out of our own way personally, professionally with a lot of hiccups uh, to expand and do this. And we had a lot of opportunities and I think I ran my mouth about, we're going to do this one. We're going to do this one. At the end of the day, nothing ever worked. And it was, it was it was the dynamic relationship we had that got in our way, mm-hmm. and uh, fast forward a little bit, I was I left the company was kind of in a in a bad way because our partnership agreement wasn't so solid as far as how somebody should exit. So, kind of got uh, pushed on the island by myself where I could remain partners with them for the rest of my life. They never had to like buy me out or anything, but wanted to be done with it. Wanted to start fresh, clean slate. And it was it was tough letting go, but this this overwhelming sense of freedom and just joy was over me. I'm like, wait a second, this is this is what I want to do. I've got I've built the confidence. I know that we had a successful um, you know run at this thing. Now let's get it off. Let's get it off to the races. Now let's build it again. Get a call from Juan Carlos Santana. Well, actually, I, we text a little bit. I said, hey, this is what's going on. Calls me. He goes, we need to have lunch now. And so a lot of things were going on within wow. IHP's life. And when he calls, it's like, wow. And if yeah. you've ever heard him speak, have you before? Yeah, I have. Oh, my I gosh. He's just it's so commanding. Great guy. Just great, guy. great. Very special person. Very special. And so we had lunch, and all the things that are going on with IHP is like, locally, it's still like this, this mysterious studio of all these trainers and performance uh, athletes that come in there. But internationally, he is speaking, and he is seeing like, 300 people a seminar in China, Brazil, Spain, Ecuador, everything. And he goes, hey, I'm trying to provide more than just information. I'm trying to find provide a business model now for people that I'm coaching and teaching and everything. He goes, I love what you did. Talk to me about like what happened, everything that went on. And he goes, I told him about how we ran it, how the programming worked, everything like that. He goes, we can work with this. I will sign my name on the programming and the programming will be IHP programming in a group setting, he goes, I've already got people that are egging at me for how do you run IHP like this? What if I only have 1,500 square feet? What about 2,500? So we had this, we had like a one hour lunch that turned into like four hours. A little tiny place that I've been to for the last 10 years, Senior Burrito. It's this little hole in the wall and we're sitting there so they always give you the chips and salsa. Man, I probably gained 10 pounds. (laughs) I'm just sitting there plugging away and we got it hanging down our mouth because we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's where I'm currently at now, and it just just last week, um, so we, we took his classroom to, to kind of paint the picture. You walk in IHP, you've got a, a, a row or two on either side of your light, right and left of selectorized and free weight machines. You go back and you've got the racks and you've got the Kaisers and you've got- How many square, that, that's a big place, I've been there. How many square feet? It's about 7,500 square feet. Wow. And so you've got all this stuff and all the, we've got football treadmills and this and that, and companies just give him equipment so we can try to break it and then send it back and like, no, this bolt needs to be stronger. No, this spring needs to be stronger. And so it's got this whole realm to it, but then there's a classroom. It's about 1200 square feet. And he goes, this classroom can be transformed. He goes, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but could you do it? And I said, absolutely. 
So I went in there, I'm, I'm so meticulous with spacing. At the previous one, I knew exactly by the millimeter almost where each bolt was whitehead because this person needs more personal space here rather than here and just my own crazy mind of, yeah, this whole thing. Like if I see people's hands touching on TRXs, no, we gotta move them out a little bit more, blah, right. blah, blah. So he went off to China to go and mentorship for two weeks and he came back and this is when I'm just getting things going. We're getting big deliveries of power blocks. He's seen, he goes, what are these delivery trucks showing up? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's, all, he's on the other side of the world. Comes back and he's just like, oh my gosh. He's like, my classroom is gone. But look at this place. And now we've got, basically it was the same layout, same layout as before because that worked. Okay, so you've got your weight room on one side where every person in there has their own set of five to 90 pound dumbbells. And the reason we went with power block is, I remember power blocks back when they were just clunky at home dumbbells. Went to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Did a week with them, and I was like, "They're using power blocks now. It's they're urethane, yeah, and they're better now. <sighs> they're yeah. made of urethane. Yeah. I mean, we can throw them, drop them, everything. They, they're, they're meant to flex, so they don't break. So we discovered, like, if you're going into a lift weights, you don't want to have to run and get the tens before you get the tens. Get the fives before she gets the fives and especially if you're a guy you're competing for weights and that adds chaos we want people to have a good experience so we've got a whole row of power blocks you have your own set of five we actually started with the the 50s at the old place and then the girls wanted more weight so we decided we have to we just didn't have enough money we ended up buying the 90s later and so we've got that and then the other we've got the power block benches do the members like the power blocks they it takes them a little bit to get used to it and this is for you guys at Power Block listening to this, it's that handle is a little thick and like you're putting your hand inside of a handle. So they get, they, it takes them a day. Okay. But at first they're just like, they're trying to throw the pin in places, it's not working. And space they, saver though. Yeah. Huge oh, space It's incredible. Saver. And it is by far the best dumbbell, like set up for dumbbells at home, in a gym, anything that I would use for that. It's just in group, you have to take the time to at least teach someone one time it's just it, but if somebody brings their friend, you see him over there like, like oh, hold on, honey, watch this, watch out, Ooh, and then it's click, and she's like, oh. it's like their eyes light up. I'm like, right, it's right. that easy, it really is that easy, but no, there's there's nothing you can really say bad about them, they're great. Awesome. Awesome. So then the other side of the studio, or in this classroom that we had, um, we went with SBTs, which is sub suspension body weight trainers, and <laughs> the own uh, in-house product, the JC Predator Band, which it goes from five pounds of resistance up to 150 pounds of resistance in the bands. So it's three, adjustable, huh? It's adjustable. So it's three bands on a handle. You can have one, two, or three attached. And once you get out to three times its own resting length, you're out there and you see guys just trying to go here and what fails them, not their chest, their core. So they're going here and their, their core, you can't even support that weight right. in a functional position. Right. So that's what he came back. He's like, oh my gosh, this place is built. And so we just started classes October 1st, which I believe is only 25, 26 days ago. Mm -hmm. We started classes free for the members, did the whole pre-sale thing. We've got, um, it was a struggle at first to get people in the gym that were used to like their nice quiet gym, a little used to the music and the loud and everything. We had our, we have our first licensee coming. We have our first licensee from uh, Ecuador. She spent a week at IHP mentoring with JC and met the whole staff. She's taking it back to Ecuador? On her last day, she goes, when's this license going to be up and running? I want to take it back with me. Wow. So within our first two weeks of grinding it out, and by the way, this process wasn't just October 1st. We had, I've been working on this since April. In April of just dumping its own personal, everybody came out of their pockets. We said we didn't. We want to do it our way. We want to have our own blood in it, so it's just it's true and it's 
that's how we wanted to do it. So since April, we built it. And within three weeks of it being open, we have a licensee already in Ecuador that wants to buy into the license, use the name, have the whole layout. Well, that's where we manage the layout, how things are going to work, use the app, use the website, use our marketing and everything there. And she wants to take the business and run with it in Ecuador. It's our first international license. It was just that's like, incredible. it was incredible. It was incredible, Mike. I didn't believe it at first. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm here. That's what I want to do. She goes, and she leaves in like three weeks. She goes, I want this done. I want to figure out how we're going to do this and everything in three weeks. So we're like, all right, so all those manuals, we have in emails right now. We need to place them in to get the, get the, the, the uh, headers and the footers and, the, and everything on them with the, with the letterhead. We've got to make it all now. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. What a ride, man. And this is small group training, but it's not group fitness. It's more like small group strength conditioning yes. programmed out. Yeah. It's a, it is a bit different. What has the member reception been like? Have they been receptive to it? Obviously, how big is the class? What's your smallest class? What's your largest class? Gotcha. So the whole thing with getting back to group, again, people are, and it's great, great. There's great companies out there. People are getting into it, but my personal dilemma with it was it wasn't how I was born as a trainer learning from Juan Carlos learning how to train and periodize and do all this I'm like personal training is a luxury only people with a lot of money can come out of pocket for a hundred bucks a session I'm like the majority of people that are paying for personal training already look good and just want to look better but the big heartfelt message of doing all this is that there's a vast majority out there people that need personal training they need to know this information they need to know how to train and they don't have the money they don't they don't have the time to learn and now you've got a place where you're not gonna be thrown on a treadmill you're not gonna be saying a woman comes in your studio and today's weight for you is 135 we'll clean and press it over your head like that's your starting weight and no instruction granted there are other places out there that take you through a, a process but to get someone into a program that genuinely needs personal training, maybe to save their life because they're obese, they're morbidly obese, they need this, they need to lose all this weight, rather than just the luxury aspect of personal training is what we wanted to provide at literally a tenth the cost because you can come in and take a class now and this is the pricing structure. We, I love the number 10 and it's like if it's $100 for a training session, it's $10 for a group session as our lowest cost. Wow. So it's a low barrier to entry and the biggest thing, and I'm trying to remember now that we're, we're sitting across from each other, was my, my kind of, uh, my like three second little phrase. Oh, we wanted everyone to feel welcome. No one feels intimidated, yet everyone leaves challenged. Nice. That's the biggest thing. Very nice. And yeah, they'll cost you a little bit, but <laughs> that came up. But we didn't want anybody to come in there and feel like they were out of place, that they didn't belong in there. We wanted to have a genuine welcome to everyone. And then at the same time, how do you design a program where an out of shape, let's just say the worst case scenario, out of shape grandma and next to a professional athlete can feel welcome and still challenge. That's a huge gap. Oh my God. So the huge. way we've done it is you just base it off time. It's so simple. You put a timer on the wall, okay? In 30 seconds, depending on what the exercise is, you say what the exercise is, what we're expecting out of you, okay? When that timer goes off, you say, hey, Give it your best shot. Grandma might be looking at the professional athlete the whole time like, whoa, Shawnee, like that's great. And just doing like her little reps and professional athletes over there banging out reps. But as soon as that buzzer hits, guess what? The room moves together. No matter what you've done to that station, whether it's one rep or 100 reps, you're going to the other side. You're going to do this exercise. So you don't, you don't have a program where it's like somebody does 10 reps and you're waiting for the next person to finish their reps so you can go and then you're sitting there like stamping your feet, like getting anything like that. You have to move the room so everybody can do what they can do on that day and, and, and progress themselves. 
So what we did with that was, that was one of the biggest goals of mine was nobody feels intimidated and nobody feels unchallenged. That's awesome. I love it. And has it uh, gained momentum now? Where are you now? It's gaining a lot of momentum. So again, like call me in there, we had to soundproof the room. We had to do all that. And people, again, so they've never seen power blocks. You teach them the power blocks. They never knew how to adjust the band. So you get people like, again, just the, the natural aspect right. of just new, newness was definitely there. But now it's coming around. And now people are, people are signing up. We've got packed classes. I'm I literally on the way here. I'm I'm coating my throat with the, the throat spray. Right, right, right. And this is like I don't even know how I sound on the air, but I literally lose my voice by 4 p.m. every day. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Jacqueline Kaysen does the same thing. We're trying to teach you to talk from like the diaphragm and like a drill instructor because she loses her voice every time. I, she I might need to get sit down. She's on got a megaphone, by the way. Really? She's got a megaphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you teach every class? Teaching every class now, and that's wow. how I wanted it. Just because we've got it limited, we're doing five classes a day, and we. I wanted to show this new breed of instructors. He's got a young staff there right now. And I wanted to show them how it's done first. Show them, groom them, and then launch them into it. So awesome. as we're going right now, we could actually do a call in if we wanted to because we could <laughs> check on how Mr. Rio Santana, the son of JC, oh, wow. is actually, it's, what is it? It's five. Yeah. He's on the mic right now. He's teaching his first class. I love so, that. So yeah, he's jumping in on it and he loves it. But we want, I want to show him how you control a room like this because safety is number one. And you're lifting weights. You're doing, we're taking people through a bodybuilding I won't use that word, ladies. It's conditioning, mm -hmm. but it's, you, know, you know that word's used is, oh my God, bodybuilding. And then 30 days bodybuilding, 30 days strength training, and then 30 days of a power, power endurance blend. And it's all from the book that JC wrote. So was, um, so was my last venture. It was all came from the program design book that he wrote in 2002. It's all the same. It's all the same stuff. It That's all, amazing. The last one, it all came from there. All the days, all the programs, all the stuff in between, all came out of that book. From JC in 2002. And we need to get the book. You don't have the book? What's the book? Oh, uh, the program design book. The program design <laughs> And that design was not book. meant to be a, a, a drop plug. or anything know, like know, that. But uh, now that you mention it, we should bring that in. So you're in the industry hearing about your business and the way things work now. You, you, Your previous place of uh, employment, ownership, where you work, your facility, and the place you work now, you're on a lot of trainers. I want to transition a little bit and I want to get your thoughts on what is the most important attributes that make up a trainer because of course we go to knowledge but I would just spoke at a place uh, uh, at Ohio State this past weekend for the elite uh, FBS. The, the Ohio State. The Ohio State. Do you University. know why they call it that? Tell me. Tradition, honor, excellence. Wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Take that with you. I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you. That's free. But um. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I see lacking more than anything is understanding, empathy, uh, paying attention to the uh, most important person in the relationship, which is the client. You know, it's not about you telling your stories about your weekend and the great time you had. What are some of the things that you look for in a trainer? Because now you're an experienced vet, you're, you, you're a leader, um, you have a great name in the industry. You're hiring trainers. What are you looking for? Number one their skill set and their personality before I even look at their education. And this comes from experience of taking bookworm trainers, which I was one, I have a kinesiology degree, and um, but you have to pair that with the ability to connect to someone. You can't just be a book of information and stay in, the science part of training is great, but sometimes some people are just made for a lab and some people are made to communicate with others. 
And with that, I look at can you look a person in the eye when you talk? Can you listen? Say that again. Can you what? Can you look a person in the eye when you talk? I get in the staff all the time about that, and they, they think I'm nuts. I'm like, this is everything. This is everything. If you can look someone in the eye, it means so many things. Mm-hmm. So many things. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Yeah. And be confident in your work. Um, looking someone in the eye is number one. Also, listening before speaking is number two. So when you make contact with a new customer, don't throw out, hey, uh, you know, do all this. What's your name? Hey, what brought you in today? And then let them give you, it's not ammunition for you to talk about like everything you can do. Listen to their story. I just had a, we might get into this later, but I just had a personal story with a, with a client. I've been training her for about a month and I know I'm going a little segue, but it hits me so hard. She was bullied like hard. I'm like, oh, my eyes are getting a little watery. She was bullied hard and she, her mom sent me this big heartfelt message and she sent me and then she went further and I'm like, I'm listening and then she goes, yeah, I have to show you these. Showed me the bullying text messages, the images, the stuff on social media and I was just sitting there not only angry, upset, but wow, like didn't like to hear this and now see how far she's come is crazy. And like, if you're just sitting there talking about you all the time, you might've never known that or might never given her a chance to open up to you and then discovered this about a person that you make change your life. And this moment may have kept them from suicide or depression or anything like that. So suicide, it's a huge moment that you would have missed. Huge. You would have missed because you were talking about yourself Mm -hmm. and in, in, in turn, Andy, that they probably wouldn't have felt close enough to you to share that with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so again co- making contact we do a we do an exercise and I'll throw this right out there it's called clue pro and I'm not gonna get all the acronyms right on this I'm sure but the first thing you do is you make contact with someone the second that's the C the L is listen listen to what they have to say the U is understand understand empathize what what are you doing what are you absorbing this information with right now can you relate to it in some way and then C-L-U-P, I'm gonna get this whole thing screwed up so we might as well stop, but the, the three big ones are contact, listen, understand. And then we can go and I'll give you the sheet later, I think it's on my phone somewhere, but those are the big ones. After that point, it basically comes into how do you communicate what they've just told you? Are they having trouble here? How are they trying to Then it's your time to speak. But you shouldn't be the first to speak, you should be the last to speak when you're listening to a new client or you're in the room with someone that you want to know more about or you respect or anything like that. Don't be the first one to say, hey, me, 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 this, that, that, that. And especially in a training session. Oh my God, you just belittle, you just take yourself from here to there as soon as you start, hey, how was your weekend? But here's what I did this weekend, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh my gosh, and look at these pictures. It's like, no, that's not, that's not the quality of, of trainers that we want. We want people that are gonna make it about that person, be there, be attentive to them the whole time, not running over here, doing all that. So I think the question was, what do I look for in a trainer is the ability to communicate. If in the, the example here is I'd rather hire a great bartender or someone in the service industry, like a waitress who has been with great customers, terrible customers, had great days, bad days that weren't even her fault. It was just the people she had to deal with, the attitudes, because they sit there and they've got to absorb that. Or you got a bartender, you got to make conversation with people you don't even know and hear their stories. I can turn you into a great trainer. I can give you the education. I can educate you with that. I can't take a great trainer that's been educated, but doesn't that just seizes up and cannot like cannot produce or communicate with that client. I can't relate to them. 
So it's that it's that it's that fine line of you've got this person highly educated, and what can you do with them versus the person that has the ability to literally communicate with people and sh- and take them from a, a horrible day to a great day in a session versus the person that's just you know knows so much but can't do that. So it is it is kind of a catch twenty two. There's a I'm trying to look it up on the phone here. There's a ritual, and I think it's in Africa, where the tribe comes together. And they all discuss things. And the last person to speak who does not say a word till well after everything's uh, completed or has, after everything has been discussed is the leader of the tribe. He does not say one word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's you know one of the most important things. I think we we feel that we have to overcome our need to be compulsive in conversation and. Listen, I suffer from this more than anyone. I so want to. We tell, all do. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to tell everyone the story about how I talked to Dave Tate this past weekend. You got to hear this story. When, you know what? It's probably not the time or place for me to tell that mm-hmm. story. So uh, I got to practice this more than anyone. But we all do. We're all on the same page. Really, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's sometimes I just want to vomit up good information that like might be pertinent to let me tell right. you about what happened. But it's like the same time, nah. Yeah. Not the time or the place. Let them ask. Right. Let them ask. And there's a wonderful. Uh, this is for all our listeners. There's a wonderful speech. There's a speech on TED, How to Have a Conversation. Look it mm-hmm. up on TED, How to Have a Conversation. It's a, I'm going to actually take a note right yeah, now. Amazing speech. Okay. And it, it t- discusses how to or they uh, lay out steps on how to actually listen and, and process the yeah. information mm-hmm. and not to one-up someone. Like someone says, hey, remember that time I went to this amusement park and I went on this amazing roller coaster? But I went on a yeah, bigger roller I went on this one in L.A. It's <laughs> like no one wants to hear you one-up them all day. And that's a boring conversation. Oh, that's not torture. cerebral at all. There's no like – you're not stimulating neurons or anything in there with that kind of conversation. You didn't even process it. You didn't no. even process the information. Yeah, you were just thinking about what you're going to say next yeah. the whole time. <laughs> We've had meetings before, and before I get the question out, I'll have someone – try to give me an answer mid-sentence. I'm like, you haven't even heard my question yet. Let me mm-hmm. at least finish the statement, mm-hmm. and then I would love to hear your answer. Mm-hmm. And it works both ways. Like, I have to become a better listener. I think that's we, the end We result. all do. Yeah. And with our attention spans getting shorter and everything like that, we have to sit there and absorb the information first and then just shut this down for a little bit and just wait. And just wait. Patience. Yeah, patience, huge virtue. What do you see lacking in uh, trainers who are trying to break out in the business today? Trainers, strength coaches, <sighs> and I'm always the first to jump on millennials. But what, like, what is there? What, what are the common trends that you see? When were you born? I'm 41 years old. Really? 76. Yeah. Damn, man. So what's in the water here? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I know I look 26, but yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, that term's been thrown out, and I'm on the cusp. I guess it's 84 and up. I'm a July baby in '84, so maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. Um, but some of the things out there, and I kind of want to, I had something I wanted to tell you before. Something about, there was a Mike Abershoff podcast that you learned about just communicating and sit down with every single person. That was and my podcast. That was right? your podcast. He was great. Wasn't amazing. he amazing? Amazing. Oh, man. I've got the audio book, and I was like, if he was here while we were doing this, I was going to have him sign my phone. I, I was going to pull up I was gonna pull up the, the Audible and just have him sign the phone. Mike, you know, Manning Sumner, you know Manning of Legacy Fit? Sure. Manning called me after, and then we sat down, and he said, dude, I had my best team meeting after I listened to that podcast because mm-hmm. the 360 meetings they had. That's two, Mike, two great meetings yeah. because I'll tell you a story about the one we had. Go ahead. It was like, Go ahead. It was, but yeah, but after that, it was I took that information and I said I'm doing that with every single one of my employees. 
And I got big. I did the big group meeting, but then I did the individuals, and I did everything after that. And I found out so much about people that I would have never, because I would have never just, you know, had them in that one-on-one experience. Mm -hmm. And just to listen to their stories, what troubles, what were their stories, how they get to this point, what do they struggle with? And we had some great ones that I was like, man, these guys are in. They're they're in this place. Their heart's in it. And a few others that are, they're kind of on the fence. They're not quite sure. One of them hates the color of my shoes. I don't know. Like it's yeah, just weird. Seriously. But to get to so from that was just an incredible. I call them nuggets mm-hmm. from from that podcast. But that segues into this. I found out what a lot of people were lacking, and it's like we've got a young staff. They're all millennials, and there's there's so much. There's so much noise out there. And it's like, where's your information? I mean, you're at the Institute of Human Performance. We have books. We have DVDs. We have everything. And people are still sitting here like, what's this Instagram person doing? What's this? And they're like, yeah. they're getting their knowledge from that. And like, one, well, there's somebody that right now that we're trying to like hone in as a great trainer, but she's all focused on this next thing. And the, atten- the attention span within a meeting is just like, I'm like, hey, guys, phone's down. You know, let's do this. And it's like, like you can't even take it out of your hand. Yeah. It's like pay attention. There's a whole world out here, and especially at meeting time when we're actually honing in on each other, and still grab. It's like the addiction to the phone, and I'm definitely not not uh, innocent by this by any means. You can ask my wife who's working out here somewhere. She's. Right. We have actually we've have set rules in the house. Like after a certain time, we put it away, and then I'll catch her looking at it. I'll go, uh, 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 no, don't yeah. do that. But the biggest thing, and maybe it's just changing society, is that I feel like we're we're less sensitive to the ones around us when this is present, and we need to we need to contact and listen and understand a lot more. I agree. I think things have certainly changed a great deal, and that's the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. However, we can't let that distract us. And I'm listen. No one's more guilty than I am because I'm always on that thing. I'm emails, well, text messages, Instagram messages. But you know, what? I also have a responsibility for when a trainer comes on my staff or someone on the staff that we talked with, and we're we're very, I make a point. Um, very adamant about saying our team's very close and at one point maybe about six months ago i said am i delusional or are we really close so i sat down with the several uh, members of our staff and i said how do you feel about the team environment and i kind of opened up a can of worms because a lot of it was positive but there were a lot of obstacles to overcome in there and when someone comes into my office i don't have a lot of time where you have a shared office that we're sitting in right now but if someone walks over to my desk and they want to talk, I have responsibility to give them my absolute, complete attention. And it always says, of course, Mark, what would you think? It's easier said than done, and not everyone does it. Mm-hmm. I talk to people in this building all day, and they have their phone in their hand, and they're looking at it as I'm talking to them. And I've done it. I'm the same. I'm yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. Andy said earlier, you lose the ability to, uh, I don't know, pay attention, feel, be understanding, or be receptive to their message when you have mm-hmm. your phone in your hand. Mm-hmm. And I do. I, so to be better, I'm just I as guilty. Down, as I'm know? telling you this, yeah. I mean, it's right here. Yeah. But to give it another thing, we also have a job to do to gain awareness with all the noise out there, put ourselves out there. Right. And it used to cost an arm and a leg to get on air for a commercial back right. in the day. Right. Now you've got a free means of communication. Which, as owners, we have to take advantage of that. And that's going to trickle down to getting our trainers busier and do this mm-hmm. and that. So we're just trying to send our message out there. But when it comes time, I would say, to, to communicate or if somebody's asking for your time, flip it over, 
sound off. I, I've never even had that flashy thing on because I don't want to, when I flip my right. phone over, that's number one. Take the flashy thing off. Nobody likes that. Right, I don't right, know. Right. Do you have it on? No, good, I don't. Good, just checking. It's like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. But flip that over because that tells me it's undivided. Right. It's undivided. And just maybe it's 10 seconds of a, of, a, of a talk. Maybe it's a few minutes. But give those people that chance to be heard and do that. Yeah, that's my biggest. Uh, I need to work on that. Like yeah. now, it getting it, better. Dude, yeah, have to. Yeah, we both. We both have do. to. <laughs> okay. And what is one of the things that um, you dislike most in the industry we live in today? Uh, fitness, wellness. What's one of the things that irks you more than anything? Oh, look at how far down the rabbit hole you. Yeah. Go. Um, I would say number one would be. Everybody, and it's kind of the market. It's not even the industry's fault. It's kind of just the market. In the U.S., and this is just from seeing what JC has been doing overseas, overseas they thrive on education. They want to make sure you've got X, Y, and Z initials after your name. You're this, even that. Here, doesn't matter. Right. doesn't matter. It's not so much our fault. It's the fact that people here just will believe anything or believe this and that. And we, I'm sure you do as well. You truly believe in your your path. Your what's what's made you. I've seen you going to, I think three different uh, clinics or academies in the last month to keep growing and keep learning. And we do this, and you still might not be the busiest trainer out there, even though you might be more qualified than everyone else. So I think the quality control in our in our industry is what irks me the most. You might not you're not qualified. There's a lot of that are not qualified out there, but. They're a great storyteller during a personal training session or they're entertaining so people will stay with them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's so true. I always say, you know, if someone walks over to me on the floor, hey, Mark, I heard this is really good for you. And if it's something outlandish or something that sounds way out in left field, I always say, where did you hear that? Qualify the source. Mm -hmm. Who is that person? Exactly. Because I get a lot of great ideas too, but that doesn't mean that. I mean, they may be great to me, but they're not great ideas. I don't share them with anyone. The reason I don't share them with anyone is they might not be safe. Sure. They might not be smart. Yeah. And I, I look into it. There's a lot of trainers out there will ask me a question and they want an exercise. They think it's a cool drill to do, but I want them to understand why they're doing it. So exactly. I'd rather sit down and say, hey, let me show you why I do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't want that. They want the cliff notes, and mm -hmm. that's what bothers me. Mm -hmm. And I had this conversation earlier today. A lot of people say they're willing to do the work, or I want to do the work, or I'm open to doing the work and outworking everyone. But when push comes to shove, they don't really want to do the work. They want to be perceived as they do mm -hmm. the work because doing the work is doing exactly what most people don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to do that. You know why? Because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. I, I tell this story all the time. When I left professional football and I'm working at Equinox and I'm wearing a light blue shirt, I had to do stuff that was so frustrating. So at the time, I thought it was below me, but when I figured it out, it wasn't below me. It was exactly where I needed to be at that moment in my life, and it was a huge benefit. As you discussed when we were walking the facility, the growth that came from that, you couldn't buy. Mm -hmm. You couldn't buy, mm -hmm. and that was the most important thing, to understand that I need to be here in this moment, learn as much as possible, so later on, I could become qualified resource in the industry why because i've been there mm -hmm. that's it mm -hmm. and to segue off of that just from our last meeting what i saw you do 
when Mark gave me the tour and for all of my employees that are listening to this, then I'll bring this up next week. <laughs> but as he's given me the tour, which is a beautiful facility, everything like that. Thank you so much. Um, it's just incredible and I can't, you know, we could spend a whole hour talking about that. But he's going around introducing, he's, he's giving me a tour. I'm the guest in his home. He's going up to every guest and making sure they feel welcome, making sure they're okay, putting stuff away that is out of place because I we have the same eye. Like we see as we're doing stuff, it's like, no, 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 this is, this is I have to do this, I have to do this. Like this is how my mind works, it works the same way. Absolutely. At our last meeting, JC gave us this story and it was an incredible story. And he goes, this is what, this is a, this is your, this is your nugget. And in my words, nugget, this is his takeaway mm -hmm. from this meeting. He goes, there's a piece of paper in the bathroom. And he goes, I let it sit there for about three days. It's like a piece of like a like a piece of paper towel that sat there. And he goes, it didn't get picked up. And then I finally picked it up today. And I said, I wanna I wanna tell you how this translates to everything else. You you see something, you don't overlook it or say it's not my job. It it is your job. If you're in here, we're a family. We all help each other out. I might have not left it there, but I'm picking it up because it's gonna make it a cleaner place. Maybe that client comes in and they say. Oh, this place is beautiful, but what's that on the floor? I've seen that for two days, and they're starting to think that this place might not be cleaner. It doesn't get cleaned or anything like that. So bringing that in that piece of paper, that piece of paper is your relationships. That piece of paper is your clients. That maybe you leave here and you forget that they're even your client. You don't text them. You don't follow up. Hey, how you feeling today? Hey, how you feeling after yesterday's workout? Maybe that, that piece of paper becomes um, the time you weren't there for your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever, because now you're like, ah, you know what, I'm just gonna sit on the couch, grab a beer and watch football, and maybe not communicate openly or something like that. So that little piece of paper, that decision to not pick up that piece of paper translates to so many other things in your life that you might not be aware about now. And I know our, like these 20-somethings are looking at like this, and I came in and I go, yes, that is exactly right, because how you do the little things the little things that you might not think are important are how you do the big things, how you do everything. If you're going to chintz out here, you're going to chintz out there. Amen. Honestly, I hope everyone hears that. Thank you for that. And I always preach and say something very similar. I say, you may think that I don't need to do this now. I don't need to put the weights away. I don't need to be organized here. It's not a big deal. And you think you're going to be okay because at some point you'll be given a wonderful opportunity. When you're given that opportunity, you're going to think, I'll be ready when the time comes. I promise you, just as the day is long, that if you don't do these things now, you will not be prepared later. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. You need to practice these habits all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Because the way you do one thing is the way you do all. And if people aren't telling you, if you're lacking and you think you're on point, and you're not on point, you're not taking care of the details, and they're not telling you, guess why they're not telling you? Because water seeks its own level, and it's not a big deal to them either. And you've surrounded yourself with a group of people who are racing to the middle. Mm -hmm. So pay attention, that my friend. That is great. Pay attention, because the people you surround yourself with, they either have extraordinary standards, mm -hmm. high standards, or they're okay with living their lives in a mediocre state. And that's a that's, fact. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a mm -hmm. fact. So I say it all the time. And people thought I was crazy. I pick up things on the floor, clean weights, come in. I don't come in early just to blow off steam. I come in early to make sure the building's great. That's important. Showroom ready. Yeah. I don't want to walk in and say, oh, my God, I couldn't believe this was left out like this. The front desk staff, 
I have people that work the front desk. They're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then I have people, when I walk in in the morning, I know exactly who closed. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because it's not tidy. Mm -hmm. The things are not done the way I asked. And that's a problem for me Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing it, that means I haven't hired the right people. Mm -hmm. It's my fault. It's Mm -hmm. my responsibility. Mm -hmm. That was very powerful what you said, man. Thank you so much. That means a lot that you picked up on as well. And just I had one more for that. It just happened. so funny. All these occurrences, just fresh start of a new place and everything. The other night, we had took my wife's yoga class, and she had went home. I'm like, I'll meet you at home. I'm just, I was literally planning on leaving with her. It was 8 o'clock at night. And she called me, and it was like 9. She goes, where are you? I'm like, I'm still at the gym. She goes, why? I go, I couldn't leave it the way it was. Like, I literally walked through, and the poor front desk girl was like, she's supposed to clean up and everything like that. That's part of her duties. But I looked at the gym, and I'm saying, there's no way you're putting away the hex bar. There's no way you're putting away this. And guess what? We have a gym with members, but... My message I send, I rarely send out messages at night because I don't want to like irk anybody or anything like that or, or anything. And just I want to, you know, timing is everything with some of those things. I sent a message, said, hey guys, it might be somebody's fault. It's not somebody's fault. We have members. Don't be in a rush to leave. Treat this like it's your ship, okay? Do a walk around. Can everybody please do a walk around? Because I was about to leave. And our 110-pound front desk girl was going to be stuck ripping bands off machines, taking big bumper plates away, doing this. And I was like, no, I did though. I went back, wrapped around the whole thing. I'm like, it wasn't that hard. If you just, if everybody just does a little bit here and there, maybe just does a, a walk around, a walkthrough. If we all do if it, we it's all, easy. If we all do it. Right. If we all do a little work like that. And then from there, I wanted to ask you, how do you, how do you address when you have problems with with something that once you see like the occurrences how do you address that to your staff is it all together individual what's your process i i try to figure out you know listen we we don't have a no yelling policy here but it's extremely rare like we talk it out we communicate if something's not done well this is who i am i'll I'll say look if you didn't clean up the floor properly before you closed and i'm not trying to be humble that's my fault. That's my fault because I haven't given you the proper instruction. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think it's a big deal, that's also my fault because then I haven't explained to you in an efficient manner why it's so important. That's why you haven't placed value in it. But if I've done it several times and it's your responsibility, then I may not have a person that's qualified to do it. And mm-hmm. that's not sarcasm. They might not have those tools in their toolbox to clean up the floor to understand why it's so important to understand how you can make a gym like this with 800 plus members successful i'll I'll address them and then i need to not tell them i need to show them Mm -hmm. so i'll walk the floor with them this needs to be here here's why i like this here here's why do you have any questions mark i have a question about this of course i understand this is why i do this and then from there I say, have I provided you with all the answers? Yes. Do you need any help? Yes. Do you need me if I leave at 7 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock, whatever time it is, Mm. do you need me to come back at 10 o'clock to help you? No. Okay. So when I come in here at 4 a.m., 3.30 a.m., it's going to be done well, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now, if I do all those things well, everything should take care of itself. It's very rare that I go through all those steps and things still aren't tidy. But that means we've hired the wrong person Mm -hmm. because everyone does their job here. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, Bill Belichick says, mind your own business defense. 
we don't mind our own business, but we do our jobs well. Mm -hmm. And then if we need help, we'll ask the next person Mm -hmm. because we have a very supportive environment. It's a blessing. That's gold. It's a blessing. That's gold. If you can put that on like an eight and a half by 11, that is, if I mean, that is, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I understand how I gained a lot from what you just said right there. I appreciate it. How I've got to go through everything. And and to mention another guy, uh, Todd Durkin, part of his mastermind group. He's terrific. terrific. Great guy. Condemn in private, praise in public. Oh, yeah. Praise oh, in public. Yeah. This, this stuff out here, you never want to do that stuff. Especially, you've seen, oh. I've been in situations where it's, it, that is never a good feeling. Oh. It's never good to do that. So that process kind of showed me how you, you work, you address it, and then you go to an individual address, address, address. And then if you've got to condemn someone for, for it, then that's, that's where you go. But you've seen a lot of people in businesses just yell and want to yell and scream at people to do stuff. Right. And you don't accomplish anything and you add chaos and all this other stuff. Totally. And, and <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm going to get you. This is, uh, I'm going to get you right here on the air. Please. Um, <laughs> well, you got to do a go ruck with me. Oh, man. I don't know oh, if I can. You c- oh, yeah. Come How on. long is that? Uh, it depends. You can go anywhere from 4 to 6 to 12 to 24 to 48 hours. But here's why. It's not a macho thing. It's nothing like that. And I learned that right off the bat because I was going in there. I was going in there to my first one. And um, I lost my brother in the Marines to PTSD. I remember. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's He did. He honored his country. And it's made me, uh, using his sacrifices, made me more aware of the problems. And there's so many out there that we need to help. And we can't support those guys enough. And Mm -hmm. if you follow me, you might be overwhelmed with the news that you're hearing. I'm sharing everything. But... He, we always wanted to do one together. And uh, so he when he passed, my buddy's like, hey, man, you heard this go rock? And he's like, oh, man, I was going to do one of those. And so we went out and did it. And I was like, I was stacked. I was ready to go. I was fired up. I'm like, I'm going to own this thing. It's like I thought it was like a, a personal challenge, right? It became not about me from the very second we got there. It was about how you can work as a team with 30, 40, 50. We had 120 at the New York one, at the 24-hour one. How you can work as one unit and together for this period of time. First thing they did with me. Carrie? Carrie. Oh. The first thing they did with me was they put me on the stretcher. They're like, they went around oh. and they, they kind of lifted us up. up. Okay, pipe pusher was my name. They go, get on the stretcher. So everybody's carrying a log, a stretcher, all this stuff. And then there I am, I cannot help them. And they said it, they said, you're coming in here, you're an asset. You can, you can help them, you can carry this stuff all day. Now they've gotta carry you. We just took their asset and made it a weakness. And we have learned something new about how to work with, and they add chaos and all this, but, but how to work with people you've never even met, how to communicate with them softly to c- control Communication. the chaos. Communicate with this group. Wow. And they're trying to throw chaos in there. So to give you an example, we're in um, we're in Fort Lauderdale doing one a twelve hour. He goes, hey, we're going right down Las Olas in summertime. He's like, it's going into midnight like the bar scene. He goes, if you see anybody with an open container before I do, that's considered an IED. If you call it out, you guys aren't dead. If I call it out, you're dead and we're gonna suffer. Wow. And so we went through this whole thing and like we're trying to move telephone poles, each other's bodies, everything like that all sorts of different things, dragging 100-pound sandbags, and they're, they're making you aware. Like, you can't just do the physical and focus on that and go into your zone. You just no iPod. There's no nothing. You are there in the moment with these people, and you have to learn how to communicate with them, tell them you're suffering, hey, I need help, and then they take your voice away. They tell you hand signals only. And we had to do this for the entire time, and what you get from it, 
that's why I do I do one a year at least. I did four my first year just because you do one and everybody's like, well, I'm gonna do one. I'm like, sweet. Right. He goes, do it with me. I'm like, okay, I do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up, but but the things you learn. That's why I love that company, Go Ruck, is because every time I've learned, I've picked up a new character flaw in myself that I can be better at. Trust me, we all have it. I'm, and every time I'm like, man, I have so much more to learn. I, I'm, I'm lacking in this area. I need to pick it up in here. We just did the Mogadishu Mile one in Tampa. And the wow. last mile, everybody had over 120 pounds on them between their rucksack and a sandbag and everything. Wow. And they link, they linked the sandbags together with the carabiners. So now you're one unit with the stuff on your shoulder. So if somebody is suffering, falls, twists an ankle, does something, the way they drop and the load just comes on Ooh, you. Come on. So now boy. you're putting people on stretchers and it took us an hour to do that mile. We're literally, we're looking down at our feet the whole time and just shuffling, 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 but communicating with each other on who's suffering. How can I help you? How can I make this situation better for you? Caring about other people. Caring. Caring. That's Man, it. That's incredible. And, but the but the takeaways from it. Oh my God, you're you're suffering and you're all suffering together. But you're communicating. And you're there for each other. And you come out of it. You're like, man. Like and there's nobody. Not even bullets flying past you. Like in real life, these soldiers are doing this stuff without even with bullets flying past them and explosions going off. And you learn to control the situation in a calm manner and effectively succeed at the mission you're given by doing that. Dude, that's that's it's deep, man. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to do one, man. Uh, you put it we out got, there. We got you coming up. Oh man, <laughs> but it's just well, it's listen, incredible. man. I think that's an incredible thing. Uh, an incredible thing you do in honor of your brother. And uh, we man, can't I, do enough for those guys. You can't. We can't. We can't. can't. I always tell people. I hate when people say it's like a war. I go, dude, it's not like a war. No, please don't no, say that. Don't ever say I that. hate that. You know, oh. it's not a war. We're in this cushy yeah. environment. Where yeah, we can, weights. Yeah, we can yeah, put the yeah. weights down. We're good. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? we're in AC. Yeah. We've got yeah. the aromatherapy yeah. going. I mean, listen. You can walk out. Nothing. You know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a football player that got in trouble a long time ago for saying, we're soldiers. We're going to war. No, no, oh, no, yeah, no, I no, no, that. no, 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 yeah, yeah. Hey. Not the yeah, same thing, Yeah, you're going to hear about that one tomorrow, bud. <laughs> so, Andy, um, we can't thank you enough for being on. Now we're going to do the speed round. Just these are quick quick answers uh, you can elaborate a little but it's it's always best to try to first thing that comes to your mind you know yourself better than anyone that gives the audience the magnet method audience a, an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better okay sure all right here we go favorite food uh chicken salad chicken salad yeah from senior burrito boca raton florida nice <laughs> hey put you on the map favorite hangout um favorite hangout man i'll tell you what in, home, a, in home? a past life home Okay. Tell you what, it's home. Like, uh, honestly, you think, like, it's going out, doing all this. Like, I went through a phase like that, and literally, my wife and I sitting on the couch, finding a new Netflix thing during Hurricane Irma is, like, that was, like, being home. We love just spending time together away from everything else. I and love just that. The home. The That's home. That's awesome. Favorite ritual? Favorite ritual. Um, my process. My my process, my morning ritual, going through, making my superfood smoothie, going in, listening to some of the Magna Method on the way to work, or Team Never Quit. I've got a bunch awesome. of other podcasts. Awesome. And just, that's my, that's my method. That's my, that's my process. Sweet. What time did you wake up? Uh, 4.06 a.m. this morning. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And that's I'm early. only doing this. And here's, I know you post every day, and you've been a great, amazing influence in my life as far as doing that whole morning ritual, the process, reading some excerpts, putting your, getting your mind right with music, everything like that. I do it now for my staff and my team to show them, hey, I'm doing this. I'm living it. I'm showing you what it's going to take. 
I want you guys to understand if you want this too, you've got to be this hungry. You've got to make this sacrifice. You got it, and it's been it's been working. It's been working. Awesome, I love that unique habit that no one else knows about or would be surprised to hear. <laughs> um, unique habit or interest? I don't know. Uh, interest. Unique habit. It know. could be interest. Um, crazy Star Wars fan. They never take a guy in the gym to be a huge Star Wars fan, but <laughs> but, but that's pretty cool. Unique habit. Um, oh, hmm. I sometimes brush my teeth with mouthwash when I when I'm in a hurry. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why because you don't have to go through like a rinsing. So I cut corners with the mouthwash. Smart. <laughs> it's pretty kind of funny. Steal that one. <laughs> Favorite sports team? The Ohio State Buckeyes. Awesome. Favorite athlete? Oh man. Favorite athlete? I don't know, man. Or it could be favorite athlete of all time. It doesn't have to be current day. Favorite be. athlete of all time. I'm trying to think. My inspiration comes from a lot of places that it's not really in the athletic world. I like I like coaches more. I would say maybe. You give me a coach. Coach. Jim, Jim Tressel wrote a book called The Winner's Manual. Wow. And I don't care what they say about that guy. He didn't look at an email, and it got passed off as negligent. Right. The whole thing. Right. Tattoo gate. Right. That book is a game changer. The Winner's Manual. The Winner's Manual by Jim, Jim Trestle. Trestle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to check it out for sure. Um, favorite movie of all time? Top Gun. I, I knew the answer to that one. <laughs> and what are the Jets in Top Gun? The Jets? Oh, yeah. Tomcat? Yeah. The... Uh, the F, uh, F-14. There you go. F-14. There you go. I messed that up, right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that in, in Mike, the Ebershop, and Mike's. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I literally reacted like, <laughs> I can't believe me? you messed that up. <laughs> Take that personal. Yeah. Last book read. Last book read. Um, oh, what was it? The Tim Ferriss book. Um, Tools. Tools of Tools Titans. Tools Titans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not read, but yeah. you know how you read his right. books. You skim through. Of course. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay, favorite TV show. Oh man, um, God, I don't watch as much TV anymore, man. It's hard to think. Oh, when, when I can catch it, Last Ship's pretty good because it's the whole naval thing. Right. But uh, The Walking Dead, I guess if I had to pick a show, Walking okay. Dead. Awesome. Favorite type of music? Oh man, so much. I like alternative from like the 90s all that like some bush and some creed nice, stuff like that nice. i like that That's but, good I'm, but, I'm, good but that it comes at the same time as i was raised with classic rock man and when i hear like some zeppelin some floyd or anything like that come on gets me too acdc metallica but then i can like i call it classic hip-hop too like the late 90s, 90s early to the yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, mentor mentor uh father awesome awesome favorite quote Oh man! Oh well, That's a tough one. If it's humanly possible, I know I can do it. <laughs> that's and that's not being cheesy. Yeah, no, that's that right. applies to so many things. We talked about David Goggins. Oh yeah. And he said so many people oh, believe yeah. that you can't do this thing, and then they see as soon as somebody what was it uh, broke the four minute mile, then all the other athletes started breaking it because it was this mindset of perceived impossibility. And as soon as someone does it, then it's like. Sparks fly, neurons connect, neurogenesis happens. I don't know, right. but people are then all of a sudden like, "I can do it. I can push past this." But if it's, right. hum if, if it's humanly possible, and hey, maybe you're that human that makes it humanly possible. Exactly, exactly. If you could have one word or phrase posted on a billboard, bill, excuse me, billboard, so the world could see it, mm -hmm. what would that be? Boom. 
Boom. <laughs> Explain boom to everyone because I kind of know what boom is, but most people don't. Boom is just is just it's a it's an energetic word, and I overuse it for everything. It was probably in the caption on everything I've posted since social media, but it's like, um, hey man, how's your day going? Boom. Hey man, I got this great idea. What do you think about it? Boom. It's just like it, I don't know what something about that word always just it it radiates energy. Exactly. And it's just That's it's just an energy. energetic word. And see, maybe if you drove by a billboard, you say, it said boom, change your life. Boom. And then but it's always followed by something either a picture or something like that, but gives you energy. Well, Andy gives us energy. You gave me energy today. Thank you for being on the show. And honestly, uh, this guy is a, a, a special person. He's got a big heart. He works extremely hard. He pays attention to detail. And this is someone that you want to pay attention to because he's doing it the right way. And what's the right way? He's helping others. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a huge part of this industry. And I really hope everyone gets some uh, great value from hearing Andy speak and hearing his story today. Thank you for being on the show, Andy. Thank you so much, Mark. Very humbled to uh, very humbled to be here. Dude, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. I appreciate it.